What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. Yes, yes. Right. We in. We're on. Let's yes. go. Let's do it. Let's go, Wanchi. Come on, Wanchi. <laughs> Wanchi. Let's go. It's your turn. Hit it. Yeah, put your guys on. Here we go. Uh, yeah, this is KGB. What up? It's DJ EFN. Yo, and this is Manny Digital. Woo. Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. Yeah, yeah. And live. Live from where? South by Southwest, son. Yeah, yeah. What? We're, I'm talking to my mic, man. We're down in the <laughs> like ATX this. right now. What? I'm talking to you guys. And, and we're here with our brother, Paul. Right. Weird thoughts. Weird thoughts. Say, say a couple words. What up, what up, what up? South by Southwest event, Austin, Texas. Fatherhood podcast. Yeah. And I came here to just uh, show love and represent. Yeah, deep voice thugs. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So we're here, Texas, getting Try, cowboyish. Trying to meet some fathers, right? Pause. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Spread the gospel. <laughs> sounds like a dating site. Fathers.com. So what we got on tap today, boys? All right. Let's talk. Um, let's just go right into right it. Let's, into the, let's talk financial. What did we say it was? Literacy. Financial literacy. So, so Kay and I arrived a little bit ahead of time, and uh, we were having dinner last night, and we were talking about how we feel about financial literacy right so what is financial literacy what is come financial on literacy? how do you know you don't even have headphones <laughs> all right all right let's let's talk I'll about look it the waveform oh, so, so basically <laughs> basically financial literacy is understanding how finances work in all aspects so being able to you know as simple as or maybe in some cases as complex as understanding how credit works to the extent of how finances work, how we were talking about a previous episode, life insurance policies, all these things, financial debt. vehicles, debt, exactly. Managing debt. Exactly. Investments, all of that. So we were talking about it from the perspective of our kids, right? Like, like you being financially literate for your kids or like teaching your kids financial te- literacy? Teaching them, but... It's also like, how do you teach them if you've never been? I would fin- imagine if you've you never teach been financially literate. Like, right? Like, at least speaking. So when we, when Manny and I were talking, we were both coming from the aspect of we were never taught financial literacy, right? Like, I don't think any of us were taught. Yeah. Right. So it's like, for me, growing up, you know, like I had a job. My first job was when I was nine years old, and so that's a good thing in terms of like learning how to make money and have a bank account and all that. Right. Kind of, like I learned how to make money, but I didn't necessarily learn how to make money and then use the money to turn it into wealth. Right. So I've been riding all these years on the, on the concept of making enough money to feel comfortable and making enough money to, you know, take care of the immediate needs, but not necessarily thinking long term with wealth and investments which is difficult for a lot of people that don't that yeah. feel that they need like extra money right outside of their it. regular bills you know yeah it's just like how do you it wasn't until i had a kid that i started thinking about like, well wait a second and i start look you know and i start you know you go to school and you kind of examine the other parents and the other kids and their situations and you start meeting different people especially through the friends right and you know my son's friends might have different levels of income and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it, to me, it gets me thinking like, well, damn, how the hell did these that folk, Yeah, how the hell did these folks get where they're at? And then you start thinking the bigger picture, like, well, how, there's a lot of people who are like that. Like, how the fuck did they get yeah. where, they, where, where they're at? 
and and then I then I and then I start thinking back to my own situations like fuck man I really wish you know not going back and saying like I wish I would have had more money but at least but I wish I would have known more when I was younger about what to do with money once you got some money because even if you have a little bit of money you know there's still different ways to flip it like if you have a better understanding of but what like, it is but you know? what you were sharing with me yesterday at nine you very quickly understood the concept of savings at account. nine, nine, years at old? nine. Yeah. yeah that was his first job at nine you understood the concept of having a savings account right which for many of us is like that first real like financial literacy course right. it's like oh shit you put something away and you collect interest and you're like oh shit alright that's the move but you understood that early like you were doing that early yeah I did that early but and so to my mom's credit you know she encouraged that but that's as far but and again it goes back to your parents it's like you know she didn't have financial literacy she, she right. didn't necessarily understand you know growing up in a single parent household with a mom who's struggling and that you know I always had a bad, <clears throat> pretty much until I met my wife, I had a pretty bad relationship with money just in terms of being worried about money. Like, mm -hmm. I, I could always make money, I could always figure out, but it was always kind of like just enough, right? Just to make right. sure everything was cool. <clears throat> and I always had that worry in me from like being a little kid and basically my mom using me as the sounding board because she's worried about where the money's coming from and she's working multiple jobs and all that kind of stuff so that so that taught me like oh shit I got to be worried about money all the time because there's never enough right where where you know when I met my wife she had a much different she she didn't grow up uh, with a lot of money or anything but she had a, diff, a totally different outlook in terms of there's a there's an unlimited amount of money out there and it's a cycle right and you can't be nervous about it and you kind of have to flow let, let it flow right mm. and so but that's like later on in life learning that stuff where there's a lot of people who you know when they're younger and they're early on in their lives they have parents and they have they come from a different background where they're taught that shit early on and so you know for us that aren't taught that kind of thing early on we really have to think about how do we break that particular cycle for our kids and 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 teach them a different way so they're they can understand wealth and right. that takes us actually learning like I'm still you know I'm trying later in life out. and I'm still trying to figure out like all right I got to learn about stocks I got to learn about investments I got to learn about these things so that you know I have a better understanding myself so that I can you know at least put something down for my kid and also teach him about those things because those are the things that I missed out on mm -hmm. and I think you know a lot of us miss out on and we need to be more informed about I mean I think we got to understand that in terms of what we're saying also us being financial financially literate is important in terms of like setting ourselves up so that we don't become a burden to our children also mm. Yeah. You know, because we're talking about it in terms of like teaching our kids. Right. But if if we can learn, but if, if we don't learn right now for ourselves, then we become a financial burden on our children because we haven't set up our retirement or whatever. And then now it's up to our children to work hard or, or stress because we're doing poorly. Right. So not only do we need to teach them as they're growing up, we need to make sure that we handle our own business so that we're not a burden on them, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Gen generational, generational wealth. Right. Um, inheritance. Um, this is Paul again, but um, I, want, I just wanted to say that just like Kether touched on, you know, when we were kids and I go to my homeboy's house, elementary school, middle school, and I see that his house, they're like, their fridge is full, you know, like they got nice furniture, and I'm like, damn, my crib don't look like that. But it wasn't on down in my, what my parents did. It's just like his parents had a, a structure of finance where their his grandparents gave that to them, whether it be inherited, whether it be given it to them, but the structure and knowledge was there. So what, what, what I learned at an early age is to, um, which is financial awareness, which is the same thing as financial literacy, but, you know, it's to save. And it's always that common saying where it says it's not what, how much you make, it's how much you save. But... You know, when you have, let's say, kids, 
you want to teach them the, the value of money. So you can make money, you can make a lot of money, you can make a little bit of money, but save the money for a rainy day. You know, that goes far. So depending on how you use your money to make more money is the secret. And sometimes you never really get to that at a later age unless you're lucky. You know, that overnight success shit, it happens one in, in a few, but people end up having money saved, looking for a rainy day, helping out their kids, giving their kids a sense of, of reasoning to have and save money. You don't have to buy the new, the $150 sneakers, the $200 sneakers. It's cool, but you have to have your worth. You have to have your value. So, I mean, the financial literacy on the kids, since y'all already know from the last episode when I was on, I have six kids, everybody has a different uh, education, a different lesson. They're teaching me as well as I'm teaching them and their values and their levels of school and their lifestyle what to do, what not to do, how to save, what not to save, when you can spend, when not you can spend. And, and it goes a long way, you know. You see the process, you see the progress, and it's something that, that, that is beneficial later, but they don't see that now because now they just think they're not being cool with their money. But they, So, like, kid, it's hard to teach your kids, the, so our kids, right, because we're, we're doing better than our parents were able to do for us. Right. Right? And so our kids have a level of being spoiled that we didn't have growing up. That's not necessarily true all around. I'm talking about us. You you wouldn't agree? I mean, yeah, yeah. Us at this table. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I at the table, yes. I agree, I agree. Right. Yeah, I not agree. necessarily our generation. Right. But, like, what, what, when you say savings, I look at that as, like, not even really, like, the first half a step toward something like financial literacy. It's like the first level, right? It's right. understanding that you can you can work Stash. and make some money and you can you can spend that money but you can also save a portion of it for a bigger picture thought, right? Yeah. But then the whole idea of once you have once you also have some money saved, there's also money that you invest. That becomes the gray area for a lot of people. That's where we get where, stuck. Yeah. And I and I think a lot of people from from all walks of life, but you know, if we're speaking specifically from a hip hop perspective, or or, or disenfranchised, or there's not a lot of money to go around, um, coming from that angle, you know, it's, it's it's something that I think that we've all missed out on. Yeah. Like just in terms of that, there's plenty of people who probably do it, but there's a good portion of folks who just don't have that knowledge and. You know, and a lot of the knowledge is because there's not enough money to go. You know, you think you get it. Yeah, you think you have a finite amount of money coming in, and it's like, all right, I got to pay X, Y, and Z. I only have a little bit left here. Um, I want to enjoy life a little bit. I want to save a little bit. That whole investment idea of like goes out the window. Buying a property yeah. or buying stock or whatever. It's like that shit was always like, man. To me, I was like, fuck, man. That, it's impossible. Kind of unattainable right now because I, right. you know, it's like, right. what is that going to do? Even, you know, I don't even have a lot to, to to invest in anything. So, and I think that's one. Of, I think that's that big gray area that uh, I didn't learn. That I know at least myself. Well, I got I got to learn more about so that I can teach my son. Like, look, this is, you know, you can how, make money, formula. but let's let's right. build some wealth. I think another thing that. To be to be weary about or, or or make sure we pay attention to that maybe our parents didn't see at least in my case is what's what's the norm out there in terms of society like for example in in our generation there was predatory lending so yeah. I was a, a 17 year old kid with a credit card out of nowhere no job. And I turned that into having, and then I was able to bounce credit cards, you know, pay off credit cards with one credit card, where I had a platinum card, eventually landing me into debt. Now, mind you, my way of using credit was I'm investing in, in my early endeavors and in, in what I do today, you know, and that was my way of, you know, funding myself. But it put me into debt, and I had, and it took me a while to climb out of that debt. Mm -hmm. You know, we. So, what I'm saying is that. That was for that time period what was going on, and they nipped that predatory lending in the butt now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? What's the nuance or the new thing that's happening that's predatory to young people or that, that we might not 
be seen because it's not in plain sight. Because I'm sure if our parents knew about predatory lending, they would have, you know, steered us away from yeah. it. You know, so those are the type of things. And, and even for ourselves, like, I feel like we're still open to predatory lending. Oh, yeah. yeah you know? I mean, Credit's a motherfucker. Credit cre- can kill credit you or, 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 or make you. I mean, make you, I, would, yeah. I would say the similarity for predatory lending now is school loans. Or let's say they give you opportunity to buy a car, you know, it, 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 department store, retail store, that's still there for the kids, or video games, whatever it is. But what we didn't know then, as far as what you're saying and bouncing payments on credit cards, and was also a form of credit building, which they do now, but... Yeah, but that musical chair ends, and then you would destroy your credit. And then you right. fucked, yeah. You know, they have that thing called, uh, what is it, a uh, cycle... What is it called? Cycle billing? When I say cycle, it's C-Y-C-L-E. Soul cycle? Soul cycle. The exercise? Where, like burn 2,000 calories in one no, hour? No, 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 no. Where You're amazing. Revolving, revolving credit is yeah. what I'm trying oh, to say. Revolving credit. Revolving yeah. credit. Where they don't want you to be at a zero balance because that way they keep the, the system going and it keeps your credit alive. Right. You know, what the kids don't know now that we are learning is that it's beneficial to play with your credit or sustain it to gain other things and, and, and build your structure. Um, being in debt, it's not a bad thing because you can make your payment and build out of it. Being overly in debt, yeah, if you're not having the income to, 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 to cut it in half or at least a percentage on a monthly basis consistently, you're going to lose out. And, and, that's what, and that's what a lot of us, including myself, are behind. I mean, I have more kids than what I had income coming in. So so I got caught heavy on, on that on that backlash. You know, when you have one kid and, and you could deal with it, you're alone, you're single, you could deal with it, you know, two, three, four, five, six later, you know, it, everybody it, it gets a little strenuous. It's not about it's not a it's not a pity call. It's more like I had to tighten up more than than I ever had before. And luckily, you know, I have a partner and my wife that contributed in the household and we build out together. My ex-wife learned her way and they build out together. But that is something structural where the kids see that. Do you want to work hard now in school and become, get your degree and get a better job at a young age? And then when you're daddy's age, you don't have to work as hard and you're making a triple the income. But see, so you mentioned school, right? Like we're all taught the traditional path towards quote unquote success is do well in school, go through the motions, graduate from a university or college, and that's supposed to set you on your path. But n- nowhere in that journey are they really teaching you how how to work with money. Right. And on top of that, they're teaching you it's not okay to work in groups. When you get into the real world, you if you're not collaborating with others for the most part, you can't succeed because very few people succeed individually. You always have to collaborate, right? right? And so those two things are always like a struggle for me, because I'm like, yo, you got to start teach early. Like I'm, I'm happy in my kids' school, and I don't think they're doing enough, but they're doing more than I ever got, where they're teaching them how like to implement business plans in sixth grade, and understanding how to allocate money and you know oh, income. Yeah. yeah, it's it's small. But it's a lot more than I don't remember I got. anything like that. Nah, right. I never, never there was nothing shit. like that. So, when we were again back to our conversation last night, you know, your ventures in real estate, right? Your idea about your oldest daughter and how to wrap her head around money and work and all that. Share it with share it with everyone because that that's a smart idea. So, you know, as as we were discussing financial literacy, one way I think. Well, I'm going to implement will be as I so I'm I'm starting to dabble in real estate investing. So I'm educating myself on how to do it, and like flipping cribs, flipping, holding, and renting like a combination of things, but primarily holding, hold and rent. Um, but renting them, you said holding them, yeah, buying yeah. them, rehabbing them, and renting them. So having so once I build up enough properties essentially allocate one to her and to teach her the foundation of how to make sure that she's running it properly with the expectation that she's going to fail at something but 
I'll have her back to be able to pick her back up and say, yo, all right, well, you fucked up here. Right. Kind of a living example. So she can understand how the whole financial aspect of an investment works, how, to, how that happens, how that you have to deal with a tenant and all the ins and outs of that. You know, not like throw her into the wolves, right. but have that be her responsibility. So you want to be a slumlord? No. <laughs> <laughs> a lord, lord. But you're saying that in, in, in respect that she wants to do that also. No, I don't give a no, fuck what she wants. I want to show her how to do, you, do it. You're, you're mistaken, Paul. You think I give a fuck what my kids want? Okay. Until they pay taxes, I don't give a fuck what they want. That makes sense. I mean, but I. So that's my. That's, it's like a forced education. Is that real talk though? Is that is that really your out your outlook? Like you don't give a fuck what they want until they no, pay taxes. No, of course, of course, I care about certain things, but things like this. I know that this is... You know, this is invaluable information that they're going to take away exactly, from the rest of their life. Exactly. But, There's no harm so in it. Yeah, it's like it's like going to school. Like, exactly. They don't want to go to school, but what they learn in school is valuable, exactly. and you want to teach them that. Exactly. Yo. <laughs> now, we, now we can do it in yo, person. Yo. <laughs> yo, B, you want another beer, B? Yo, B, I think I'm good, son. Yo. We're life. Huh? Yo, but, Manny at South by Southwest is a... <laughs> All right, I'll take another beer. <laughs> Folded. But now, nah. but but so the financial literacy thing. I mean, I don't have it figured out. I don't think any of us have it figured out. But it, it is a stressful situation when you look at the bigger picture, right? Because you're thinking about, and we were talking about like the one percent of the world, right? Yeah, man. It's like the one per, you, you know, you, and again. It, it, a lot of this shit goes, and this is a different topic, but a lot of it goes back to the creation of this system. Of the system. The con- this great nation. The country that we live <laughs> in. You know, it's, it's like essentially you have white folks who when who, who were given land at the end of the day. Because given? Of, yeah. White folks were given the land? Yeah, after they took the land. Uh-huh. right? No, so you say, so basically going back to poor white folks, right? Oh, okay. So, when there was like indentured servitude right. and there was slavery, Which included white people as well. Yeah, yeah. but right. but so the way that they the system broke that apart is you know they didn't want slaves and servants, you know, coming together and saying, oh wait a second, we're getting the short end of the stick. So you know they create the term white or they create you know a, another term. And so you then, mean they divided people on purpose? Yeah. And then and then so you have a bunch. So of they poor, wouldn't really collaborate. Yeah. So you have a bunch of poor white folks who now get land. And then that land stays generationally with them over and over again. And, and, and so you have a lot of people in this country who have this generational wealth and, you, you know, and they don't even necessarily know where it comes from. They might not have the same land that they got that, that was centuries given ago. You know, centuries ago. But somehow that money has stayed within these families, you know, over and over and over again. And there's, uh, you know, a large proportion of, of our society that doesn't have that. So you've got... You know, you do have a lot of people who have a leg up in this life because they have that generational wealth, and there's a lot of folks who don't. And, you know, and I, I mean, obviously that's a huge problem, but it's one of those things that we also have to remind ourselves, like, yo, you know, that is a thing, right? There yeah. is a, there, there, there are people who are just going to be well off because their families were well off. So it's up to us to remind ourselves and teach each other like yo we we need to think we need to think wealth right we need to think we need to think bigger picture especially for our kids and you know because there's a there's a good handful of kids who are going to be fine because they're part of that generational wealth yeah let let me ask you something is it safe to say that wealth isn't what we think it is like because when when most people including myself think of wealth i'm thinking the kennedys but Really, in truth, wealth could be simply like you're saying, having a piece of land yeah. that stays within your family that is maybe a farm and people can live off the land or, or there's a business that, that the, the family, it stays in the family and it provides for the family. Yeah, man. And it's not that these people are uber rich, but that yeah. could be there's considered a, wealth. There's a base there. There's a structure. Like to me, something that can last forever yeah. is wealth, whether yeah. it provides a certain amount of Revenue is one thing. Right. You know? there, there's some type of stability base. as there's well. There's some type of stability that enables a family for generation to generation to somehow maintain, and you're able to pass along some sense of stability, whether or not they 
partake in it or whatever, it's still there. It's there. And 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 it manifests however it manifests. Because to to me, it's, it, to me, I look at it like cash flow, right? So cash flow being it, whatever investment you have. Let's let's look at real estate for example, right. right? You buy a crib, you rent it out. The assumption is if you're doing it right, the tenants that that are renting your crib are paying all the debts associated with that place right. and there's a certain amount of money that comes back to you in your pocket. Right, right. That right. is a successful real estate transaction, right? So the passive income over time, again, back to real estate, that is a, a stable venture to be down. Now if you multiply that by say a hundred units, right, now you're talking about a substantial amount of passive income every month. Right. So that to me is wealth that can can be generation. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but what I'm saying is this, is that I think that sometimes using the term wealth, even how you're saying it. Yep. Well, we think of wealth as fucking caking off and flop, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. that, well, not just caking off. Millions and billions. Right. But how. even like what you're saying, like you're saying like, yo, having these different properties and caking off these different properties. Like I'm just, to me personally, like I want to simplify it so that all of us can have something stable in life. Yeah. And when I say all, I'm, I'm speaking generally, I'm just saying like, to me, the most important thing is having a roof over your head. Yep. So, a lot of us are used to, we grew up renting. Right. And and renting, you never felt safe because if you couldn't cover the rent one oh, you, month, you're, yeah, you're done. You're getting evicted or whatever. But if you own that property and you pay off that property, I mean, mind you, you got to pay taxes every year or whatever right. on that property. Maintenance. Maintenance, whatever. But the... The peace of mind and stability that that property is within your family and that you can leave that to your kids and that, that you don't have to worry about it. Like everything else is like extra. And so and so you know? there's a bunch of people who already have that built in. Built the, into their yeah. system. Yeah. yeah. And they, they have multiples of right. that. But what I'm trying to say is to me, that's wealth. Yeah. Yeah. That's that what could I'm, be that that's, could be an apartment. That's what we're all that talking. could be a mansion. Yeah. yeah. That's what that we're could talking be a about. trailer. Yeah. That's exactly like, right. But as long as you own that and nobody can take that away from you. And it's very minimal what you invest in terms of like the taxes or whatever. But you know, you know, at the end of the day, you and your kin have somewhere to sleep without being evicted. I'll I'll replace the the wealth with financial freedom because you don't have to be a super millionaire rich and still be have financial freedom. Like when I learned early about renting and owning, um, I had a job. I hated the job. I wanted to leave the job. I wanted to find something else to do. I didn't want to. And then I went and got. A, I tried to get a loan at a bank. And what I never thought about and what they never taught me was when the bank person told me, can you quit your job now and have all your bills paid for the next six months, for the following nine months? The moment you're able to not work and pay and have your bills paid for six to nine months without an issue, and have that cushion for emergency, right. whether emergency being a car accident or someone death in a family or somebody being sick, then you start thinking broader, like, fuck, I'm not really thinking like that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more of just paying the bills and paying the light and paying the AC and paying the car note. Now I'm thinking I got to stack money for six to nine months if there's an emergency plus medical issues before I purchase a house, before I look for something else. And that is what I'm trying to get into my kids early now. You know, if school is school. Go to school now. Don't, you know, don't work if you don't have to. But when it's time to go to work after you graduate, start building your, 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 your cushion. Whether your cushion be for medical reasons or for living expenses or for future retirement. But it started with me on that point. And and then I I, I replace the wealth, cause you know not not giving not being pessimistic and not giving myself opportunity to think greater, you know, because I said I want to be wealthy, I want to be rich, I want to be millionaire, but I need to be financial free first, before I want to have that financial freedom before I can actually build that and conquer that, and that humbleness, which I think is humble. Is what I'm passing on to the kids about about money, about being income based or having wealth. You know. Well, let's let's talk about that for a sec, because that that comes into just talking about like learning how to live within your means, right? Not live beyond your means. And I'm wondering from 
So from Manny and Paul, like, how do you guys explain just what your means are to your older kids? Do they have an understanding of, you know, what it is to have a budget or what it is to kind of have an income? Because there was a, there was a, uh, um, you know, just a random news article, and one of the, you know, those things where it's just like the ten things to raise a happy kid. You know, right. those those kind of things, and one of them was like actually discussing with your kids what it's like, you know, discussing money with your kids and not having it be some kind of just oblivious thing where they have no understanding of, like, should we buy this or should we not buy this? You know, mm-hmm. more so of, like, engaging them in the conversation of, like, look, we could buy this right now, but that means you're not going to be able to have X, Y, and Z later. Like, so <clears throat> for you guys who have older kids, what's that discussion like? I, I, have, I have a good example for that. Um, going back to one of the episodes that you guys did about uh, traditions or how do you have traditions with your family or something. I can't recall exactly the moment, but it was more like we try to give our kids everything they want. We try to give them an idea of what they need before luxury, before wants. Like I want a video game, I want this, I want that, I want the other. But then it's what you really need. And at the end of the day, it's a lifelong lesson. So they don't need to have, they don't need to have everything in their life because if they get everything in their life now, they're going to want more in their life later. So you pace that. You pace that. And with my older kids now, I tell them like this. Some that I don't live with, some what I do, I tell them, okay, daddy's not rich. Daddy's not rich. But when you guys come into town, we're going to go out to dinner. Right. We're going to go to a 4th of July barbecue. We're going to have a Christmas barbecue. And my consistency is every year, 4th of July, they know there's a barbecue. Christmas, they know we're going out to, to, to a vacation in Orlando. So they know daddy's not rich, but throughout the year, you get them the little gifts here. You get them what they want. You listen to what they say as far as school, you know, and, and, and that's not being... That's not being, let's say, spoiling them. You're not giving them 100% everything they want. Right. You're giving them what they need. And they learn that lesson. You have that one kid that wants today's video game, tomorrow's video game, the next day's sneakers, the next day's haircut. And then you'd be like, look, today I'm going to give you just a movie. Right. And then it'd be like, but my friends have everything. Well, the difference of that is we're going to give you what we can and we're going to grow. You're going to eventually get what you want, but it's a process. You can't get everything you want because if you get everything you want, you're always going to want more. For, for me, it's, I mean, like, like all of us, it's challenging because, again, to back to our earlier point, we're always trying to give our kids more than what, what we had, right? And so, but I'm fortunate enough to live nearby where I grew up, right? And so... One of the ways that I show them how the other side kind of lives is going back to my old stomping grounds and having them see, like, where I came up. And so for them, it's not necessarily a monetary thing. It's not like I'm like, yo, I couldn't afford to do this, that, and a third. But I, I compare our lifestyle to my old lifestyle, right? And, you know, we used to sit on the stoop, and there could be people on the corner doing some wild shit or it could be just a mob of people just ganging up on, on you know a certain part of the block and they look at that and they're like they, they they tend to appreciate more what we have but there's many cases where for instance they'll leave the lights on right in a room and they're not in the room using you know using the lights the lights are just on and so I when I catch them I'm like yo we don't got it like it ain't it's not here for us to throw away like the money and you got to understand every look the water you leave it on for too long that's money you know when you own a home when you rent an apartment in the bronx you don't pay water right but we have a home now that we bought so we pay for every motherfucking thing so i i try to explain to them like yo and i show them the bills i'm like yo look this is what it costs us in a month to do that when you take 15 showers Right, or if you t- <laughs> if you take an hour and a half shower, right. this is what that costs. Yeah, and it doesn't really click. But when I hit them with, 
yo, when you get that Christmas money, I need X amount from that Christmas money because you fucked yeah. up on on the bill for you the last. You take week. money. I take money. L- let me ask you a question, to all y'all. Um, so being that I have the youngest, at what point? Because when a baby is a baby, you want to just give, give, give right. them. Because it's just so gratifying to see them so happy right. with whatever new little toy and doll. Because you just want to see their their reaction because it's all new. At what point are you changing those habits of give, giving, giving? Because you want to teach these things to them and get them to understand that they can't have everything they want. That's, at one, two uh, years old. That's a tough one, man. I got to be honest. For me, that's my... That's my biggest dilemma. Like, I don't want to raise a spoiled kid, but at the same time, it's like I also, going back to our conversation of just, you know, being raised with a a worry of money, right? Like, for me, again, like, my relationship with money early on in my life was one of worry. Mm -hmm. There's never enough. We're going to get evicted. Something's, you know, something's going to go wrong. I still feel that way in life. Like, there's always... I still feel No some, matter how much money I, I, comes around me, I don't care. And through a lot of just internal work and, you know, help with, especially for my wife and stuff, and just kind of like changing that mental attitude, you know, I've been able to shake that feeling. And, and I think it's made me a better person of just not feeling, right. you know. And so for me, it's like I'm, strong, I'm trying to figure out the balance of, like, how do I, because I, you know, it's like, fuck, man, I want to give my son as much as I can, and I, and I love giving him stuff and, like, making sure he gets what he wants, but at the same time, you know, it's also important to teach him how to earn stuff and mm-hmm. understand the importance of money. So I think I'm learning right now just how to figure out, like, how to give him what he wants, but at the same time strike a balance of, like, teach him... Like, yo, we can't buy everything today, or we can't do right. this, or, you know, if you want that, you got to do some work for, work it. for it. Without without, without the, without the, me saying something like, well, we don't have enough money to get that right now. Right. Right. Can, can, can I pose another? Go ahead. I want to pose I, another question. I, I, I got to say this, because what Kay, what Kay said is, is on point. You teach them a discipline, you teach them a routine, and it's worth their value. So what I've been able to uh, implement with the kids are, Okay, they, for example, they won a video game. The video game cost $75. It wasn't like back in the day when Nintendo yeah. game was like $15, $20. The video games cost $75. Now, my wife is real adamant about saying we don't have the money because we got the money. But just because we got the money don't mean but you're going to get no, the money. In the, in the big scheme of things, so, you don't have the money. So, so, no, no, no. You don't have the money for all 15 video games that right. come out in the same month. Right. For, for this month, that one video game, I got you. But if there's five video games that come out next month, you're not getting all five. Right. So the way we work that is chores. Chores used to be a big title in my life, but now we show them that the, your work, your labor. You're eight years old. My daughter's eight years old. She wants whatever the hell she wants. I'm going to say, you know what? The dishwasher is it's, it's clean. Put the plates away. Put up. the forks away. Put the utensils away. You do that, I'll give you a dollar. You do that every every day this week, I'll give you eight dollars. Now every now every day at dinner time, she's like, is 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 the dishes ready? The dishes ready? Don't share that. Don't share. I got my twelve year old doing it for free right now. Don't. No, but but that's just that's just an example. That's just an example. You know, you try to you try to give them some type of idea that a chore in the house is value to the house. You're not doing daddy and mommy a favor. Right. You're helping you're out helping the household. everybody. Right, and you're teaching them a lot with that, man. And like, that's responsibility. Is, and that is where now last week you didn't put the dishes away. So on Wednesday when it's donut sale, I don't got the dollars for you. Right. And then she'll be like, oh, so she'll she'll up she'll be upset, but she'll be ready the next week. And so far, so on with the kids, even my older kids in college now. Listen, I can't reprimand you. I'm proud of you for being a big kid. I'm proud of you for being a great adult. But your mom told me that you got home late last night or this, that, and the other. Be on time. Be what you got to do. Do what you got to do. And we can help each other. It's more of a help each other. If you help me not have a headache, I'm going to help you. And and the value of money somewhat fits in there somewhere to your demanding because you're the one with the money, unfortunately. When you have your money, you can do it. I, I think chores are great. 
mechanism, but I also think getting like setting up a system where grades come into play, and right. you you place a financial value on grades to certain like right. A's are worth X, B's are worth right. Y. That also is a good mechanism because then they start to understand based on their limited value system, they know that an A is better than a B, right? While they're going to school. So if you start to place values that are, but, know, I, but I guess going back to your question, because because uh, grades don't come into play for a couple years for right. in your instance, yeah, right? For you, no. so so that's going to be one. Uh, I don't think I think when sh- when my son was young, it was like yo whatever. We're just gonna we're gonna Go just get him whatever. I mean, obviously to, they don't need that many toys because right. they don't even know what they like. Right. It was more just like yo, it makes us feel good to get. Yeah, to but get I like to see X, her y, reaction to a new doll, right. or whatever. Oh, you, but yeah. but you shouldn't feel like you're doing anything no, no, wrong. No, no, now now I'm gonna change the subject slightly in the same realm though. Um, as entrepreneurs, as independent business people, how guilty do you do you feel in investing in projects when you have a family? Because this is all new to me, and right. I have a young family, you know, a little baby girl and. I invest heavily in, in business, in my own business, without the security of knowing what the return is on investment. And now I feel like, fuck, if I invest in this and it doesn't return, like like money, because I also saw value in, even if this didn't give me a return in revenue, it gave me a return in marketing value and in, in, in networking or whatever. But now I'm like, if it doesn't give me a return in actual monetary, monetary you know, return, my my baby is going to suffer from that. Like, I feel guilty that I'm put, like taking literally food away from my baby right. to invest in these, these, these endeavors. That's called... That is a great point that you're saying, and that's called being a parent. Because everything is at risk, no matter what, unless you, it's, it's a secure money, you know, if any other words. Um... The same passion you had before the baby is still there, obviously. That's why you still take risk and venture into in, into a investment. The return on that capital, the return on your investment, you have to have a very thin line because it's difficult to not affect the baby. You have to have the baby diapers, the baby milk, the baby's clothes, the, the, the rent paid, the, or the oh, mortgage. Obviously. But, but yeah. the point is, all that has to be done first now before you make that risk. Right, but, okay. It's Where e- it won't affect it. But it's easy to say that because you, like, for example, in, in the arts, which is the realm that I work in, the arts can give, I can have great results for one year in the arts. The down. arts meaning music or podcast, whatever. Right. And I'm... I'm looking. I'm gravy, so I have extra income that I can invest in right. that one year. But right. then the next year, shit won't be the same. Right. And I, but I can't foresee that. But I know that that is the game that I'm in. As a as a similar comparison as me being a chef and me being a cook, also, I could only relate to that as the off season, on season. Right. When it's on season, you put in your forty, you put in your OT, you put in the extra hours, you work on your days off, and you get the extra money because it's on. You don't know when it's off, but when you have an idea of when it's gonna be off, you can, when it's on, when you're doing gravy, you have to have a, a 12 months of bills paid off because you're not because you don't know when that off season's coming. I mean, I it's get hard. you, but I think it's difficult. It's discipline. I think it's a different. Like I get what you're saying because it seasons what you're talking about. Right. And my thing is is very not seasonal. It's super unpredictable. You know, it's basically saying I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to invest in myself and I've been doing and I'm going to do something that I know has little return but the the big picture is that it's going to have a big return that's the hope in the long term. And I've been doing this before I had a baby and now I have a baby. Right. Do I stop? No. And then that means my no, but, my investment prior to that has been part squandered? Of the, part of, no, no, no. Part no. of the risk and part of your investment is not that it's squandering. Normally, without the baby, you jump on it and say, okay, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I just heard about this opportunity. 3.15, I'm jumping in. Or however it goes. With the baby, my suggestion, my opinion, obviously, 
if you get that same call and that same gut feeling and you're like, okay, this actually could work out. You might have to wait an hour. You might have to wait 24 hours. And that'd be your own risk as an entrepreneur because you have to settle before you make that move. You know what I'm saying? Instead of it just being spontaneous, it has to be a little bit... It's got to be more calculated. I mean... That's really... That's, well, I think that's I the just, only I just feel that it's... Let's, like, let, let's take it back to... Because this actually goes... It goes back to our original conversation of financial literacy. Right. When we're talking about investments. Right. Because when you're an entrepreneur... And where you you know uh, you're doing business on behalf of yourself, you're investing in your business. That's right. an investment. You know you invest in stocks. You can invest in real estate. You can invest in business. Right. And so what you're doing is you're making an investment, right? So again, it's one of those risks that you have to take in any kind of investment. And and again, right. for those of us that don't learn about investments or don't learn about taking risks calculated risks or knowing that if we do take a risk there is the there's the potential outcome that <coughs> the shit just falls flat right you know so in your in your instance it's like hey man you know that you know that this is what you have to do in order and you've been able to to make money and do what you need to do at at this level if you have another opportunity or you have to continue to invest <coughs> in yourself to do that you you already know that that's what you have to do in order to maintain and maybe right. potentially get to another level. But you've also recognized the potential risk, like, hey, this ship might just fall flat. Flat. And so what Paul, you know, to Paul's point, while we're not pointing it seasonally, it's also like, as long as you've got some kind of backup in the cut, like, you know, it's like when we have kids, we, we have to take risks in order to, to take those leaps. But we also have to make sure that we have some, some kind of some kind of some kind of well, little no, backup no. plan. I, I, right? I, no, I definitely understand that, and I think that I've I've taken that approach personally yeah. in my life. So if you've got that, then I, I wouldn't feel guilty about it. Right, but it's still it, you know it's all new to me. Yeah, and I just feel like you're always taking like one of the things that I want to do personally in terms of being a role model for personally for my child yeah. Yeah. is saying, look, your father. He he took a road and decided to follow a passion. Right. He he fought hard, long and hard for this passion. It wasn't an easy road. There was ups and there's downs, but he was persistent. He was consistent, and eventually it all worked out. You know. Well, that that, that same list that I was talking about, where it talked about raising successful kids, and it said, you know, one of the things was about discussing money with your kids and having them understand not not necessarily saying there's a lack of or there's you know any of that kind of stuff but just kind of the basic ma matter about, of fact they're like hey right. let's talk about should we one of the other points that they mentioned was letting your kids understand and let them see you go through your trials and tribulations right. like let them know and understand like hey this is what I do for work you know this is this is what I'm doing like I'm I'm you know these are my ups, these are my downs, and letting them have a better understanding of like what it is that you actually do and so that they just get a better education of like, you know, of, of what the reality is, at least right. in your household. Them, yeah, even, you know? even to the point where the age that I even allowed myself, and that might, might be a weird way of saying it, to have a child was because I would. I said to myself, I cannot have a child. I cannot bring a child into this world with the ambition that I have and how I want to do things because it's not. It's financially not feasible. feasible, right? It's I not feasible, it. you yeah. know. And it's not. It wouldn't make sense, and it would. It would take away from what I'm trying to do. It wouldn't be fair to the child and the mother and all that jazz, you know. Yeah. Um, well. Not to, <laughs> it goes back I, again. I, yeah. Actually, this was a pretty good list. I have to say, I sent I sent it to you guys. Another thing on this list Is that was the one you sent today. Uh, yeah. Okay. So another thing on this list was um, uh, shit. What was it? What was it? You just like being mature enough, <laughs> being ready to have uh, kids. Yeah, just le letting them know that that. Again, that, that you have a game plan, right? Right. 
But you have an idea. Of what Are you sure you, that's what you wanted to say? You no, like, I'm kind of free, 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 free freestyle. <laughs> I'm kind of freestyle on that one because like now, I, now I totally forgot what I was going. <laughs> you caught that in my eyes. South by Southwest, baby, meet your lotters, kid. We in the game. Yeah, I had to freestyle that one. Nah, but uh, so I, I, I understand your. Ang- I'll call it anxiety. Oh, or like plight. Let me, let me, yeah, let me look I, that up. I, I get it because I often look at. For Anxiety is the right word, actually. I, I look at that and I say, especially because of the dynamics of your, you know, what the world you're in, right? As far as how to make money, because it is very unpredictable. It's volatile, and it yes, yeah, volatile as hell. But at the same time, you your track record. That's what I would lean on if I'm you, right? I would look at my track record and I'd be like, all right, over over the course of a ten year span. Your the odds have been in your favor as a, as a single male, yes. as a single man, regardless. But right. but still, but now the dynamic of having a yeah. family right. makes me a little bit more nervous in terms of that track record right. moving forward. Right. I look at that as I've proven success over more often than not over a ten year span. Right. Yes, the level of success has to change in order to support a family. Right. But the fact that you've proven success over a certain period of time just means that whatever moves you make typically have panned out to be good moves. Right. Right. And even 20, 30, whatever amount of time you want to look at. So with respect to a child in the picture, I just lean on my, my expertise, which is in your case, right? I've been able to find ways to be successful. And you kind of have to like. Do you remember now? No, I figured it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you you got, you got to have that confidence because just because you have a child now and a lady, doesn't necessarily change your no no your it, gut. It doesn't. But picking but you, the being a an independent <laughs> entrepreneur in the arts, and I I always emphasize yeah, arts because yeah, yeah, arts is so it. volatile. Sure. Um, is. You're all people are always saying like they're always naysayers to what you're doing, right? Whether they care about you or they don't. When they care about you, they're just they care about you. Like yo, that's that's it's not stable. You don't do it. You're yeah. not gonna make it. They they kind of want to scare you so that you go safer route. Yep. And then the naysayers just don't believe in you. Right. And so you have a lot of negativity thrown your way. And but when you're single. You feel like, oh, whatever. If I fall on flat on my ass, it's by myself. I know how to get back up. Yeah, like, whatever. Who gives a fuck? If I sleep in the fucking street, it's on me. Whatever. Right. Right. I can do that. I can sleep at Charlie's crib. You know? But when you have a family, the fear factor raises Elevate. up. And any negative here's coming at you, you're like, oh, You know? But you, you want to, like, go back to the mind state of who you originally are coming into this. Because you don't want to, you don't want to turn into something else because it might like derail you from what's gotten you successful to right. that point, or at least kept you on track. Right. Because success is you know variable. All right. So yeah. the, the the thing that I totally zoned out on was uh, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. So meaning, so especially right. in the terms of being an entrepreneur, like you have to be able to show your kids that you can, you know, you got to take take care of yourself right it's like your kids are, are, are a priority but you yourself are a priority as well and I think kids need to learn kids need to see that as well that right. it's not all about it them. is all it is about them but you know if, if we don't take care of ourselves and our partners don't take care of themselves then we're not able to take care of the kids properly yeah so Shit. On that note, let's take care of ourselves and go see De La Soul. <laughs> <laughs> South by Southwest, baby. Meet your lives. Let's go.